Hello and welcome to the Fiercely Awakening Podcast. My name is Tanya Holcomb, and I'm grateful that you're joining me on a journey to honor your story, reclaim your power, and answer your soul's call for greatness. With conversations on self-love, true nourishment, and natural healing, featuring transformative stories of divine intervention, unshakable faith, and living life untethered, you'll be inspired and motivated to release what no longer serves you, pursue what you truly desire, and trust your path. No, it is no accident that you've arrived here. You seek truth, activation, and empowerment. Your seeking led you to exactly where you need to be. You are Fiercely Awakening. Welcome. such an incredible treat for you today. Earlier this week, I had the honor to sit down with Dr. Melanie Shaner, and she is a prenatal, pediatric, and family chiropractor, as well as a lactation consultant, wife, and mama. So as you can imagine, we had so much in common and so much to talk about, and so the conversation's really filled with all things birth and babies and breastfeeding and just us being just very raw and vulnerable and open and just really it's like us having a conversation and you just get to listen in. So because I have so many mama listeners, I really hope that this is a healing and empowering conversation for you. So more about this woman. So after all of these years of trying to figure it out, she says, well, I'm still trying to figure things out. But in all seriousness, though, she says that defining who you truly want to be and who you want to help in your career and profession may not be revealed to you until you go through some rough waters yourself. And that is so relevant to me as well. Um, So after four miscarriages, an unnecessary cesarean, and her son regressing, it all led to her journey with her daughter. And she can definitely say that these experiences is what redefined for her what it means to be a prenatal, pediatric, and family chiropractor. Her favorite mamas to work with are the mamas who have been beat up by the infertility train, hit by the bad birth dump truck, and then drug alongside the struggle bus. So basically every veteran mom out there. Her new baby, AKA her online course called Baby's Beautiful Beginning, is the culmination of mommying through the eyes of neurologically based Cairo who focuses on tone and relaxing babies through cranial sacral work while combining her lactation expertise by addressing the underlying cause of baby's latch issues. Her main focus is to have a system that a mom can implement to her own unique situation instead of changing uh, the mom and baby to fit the system that was never made for them in the first place. It's just a, she talks more about this course in the interview and it's just, for those of you where it's relevant, like this is something, you know, that if I was pregnant right now, I would definitely be uh, signing up for that. And I may just to know all the information that this woman's gathered uh, <laughs> to begin with. Um, she is also a femme. She's a fiercely empowered mama. She joined femme this year and I just absolutely love how she shows up uh, with bringing all of her wisdom to the table as well as just so excited to learn more. And she's doing it for the reasons that most of our femmes do, right? To not only help her and her family and her evolution as a beautiful human on this planet, 
but also to re-gift this information and to help others with their stories of healing. She lives in Michigan with her husband, Dan, and their two beautiful children and practices as a solo practitioner at Spine, Body, and Mind Chiropractic and Wellness Center. So we also do have her link to her course for those of you who are interested in the show notes. So I really hope you enjoy the show. And as always, I really welcome your comments and feedback. So much love to you. Enjoy. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Fiercely Awakening podcast. You guys, I am so excited for this conversation. I had made my list earlier this year of the people that I wanted to bring on to the this podcast, and Dr. Melanie was at the top of my list, and she said, yes. You know, I just literally asked her, I'm like, I have space. Can you make this happen? And she said, yes. And here we are both after very long days um, to show up and to bring you this information because this woman, it's like when I talk to her, it's like time just zips by and we just are both so passionate about this work and so passionate about serving moms and babies and just getting the truth out there, right? Like just completely changing the paradigm of where we are. And so we have so much in store for you. So welcome, Dr. Melanie. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Yes. So, you know, as I told you, they already got your, you know, fancy, fancy, schmancy bio, but I want them to know like you. So tell us about you. Like, how did you get to be so cool? How did you get into this work? Oh gosh, I am not that cool. I think (laughs) so many things that we do work-wise find us in ways that there's just, if you would have asked me even five years ago, if I would be doing what I'm doing, I'd be like, uh, no, like that. No, that's just not even on my radar. And just going down the path of motherhood and so many things, I just kept going like, where is it? Where's all the information? Who's supposed to be teaching me how to be a mom? Where is it? And luckily I have a wonderful mother. So she does a lot of that for me, but I just didn't understand, like, after all of the degrees and (laughs) college education, I was like, where's mom college? Why isn't anyone teaching me how to be a mom? This is so frustrating, especially with breastfeeding. Like, we're two and three generations sometimes removed from breastfeeding. So the information is so frustrating because you can't find good, concise information. And I, until I really dug into it and then had my own struggles with it, like I didn't realize how many different levels of lactation consultants there are. Mm -hmm. You have all the way to like an IBCLC, which is, you know, at least minimally a bachelor's degree, usually in nursing. Mm -hmm. And those mamas, like when I just finished mine, I had a girl who was 18 years old. I should say woman, a woman who was 18 years old. She did all of her requirements for the lactation part, and she was starting nursing school. And I think Mm -hmm. that's awesome, but she doesn't have any kids. So I'm thinking like, okay, like I I appreciate that you want to help moms, but sometimes you truly need the experience of birth and breastfeeding to really understand. I mean, you can teach, but sometimes you need that empathy and compassion and experience to kind of go that extra step. And then you have something like a lactation educator where that usually is already a mom and she wants to help other women, but they're not going to be the ones who are in the hospital setting or who you would like reach out to and call for that 
super valuable mom-to-mom information. So um, as far as how I got here, my really kind of a long road with it. My son was born via C-section and we did pretty good, like in the hospital. Um, I thought my latch was pretty good. And around like week three, it wasn't, it was terrible. And I couldn't figure out what was going on. And I called to make an appointment with an IBCLC and it was like a three week wait. And it made me panic because I felt like, what am I going to do for three weeks? I'm Mm -hmm. going to lose my supply. I just, I didn't know where to turn to. Mm -hmm. I did end up having just great support from my mom and other friends that I did figure it out. And we were very successful. We breastfed for over two years Mm -hmm. at about a little over the two year mark. um, My son regressed really hard. He stopped talking. He stopped signing and I didn't know how to help him. And as a mom, I was just constantly searching. Like I just felt like I was better than like the CIA with like trying Mm -hmm. to figure out, like researching what I could do for him. And that's when I came across I mean, I am a chiropractor, but I went to a different chiropractor who used these neurological scans and said, do you have a C-section? Which, because a chiropractor having a C-section is so like taboo. So Mm -hmm. uh, yes, obviously I did. And she showed like how my birth trauma, basically what happened to my son. And I didn't feel like, I guess like mentally, yes, there was some trauma to it. But I didn't really think he endured any trauma as far as like how like C-sections are supposed to be so natural or not natural. I'm sorry, easier than coming out of the birth canal and all this stuff. So when we could actually measure and see like where basically I think of it as a gigantic fuse box and we could see like each circuit. And instead of thinking of the circuit just flipping, I like to think of each one as a volume knob. And you could just see like how he was taken out the very top, like that volume was just at a 10 out of 10. And in order to correct how he came out of my body, the opposite side was like a 20 out of 10. Well, that 20 out of 10 is, you know, that's the circuit basically that goes to your speech center. So he was doing everything great. And I hate that we think that kids grow out of something. Instead, they always grow into the next thing. So my son, actually, he was doing pretty good and hitting all milestones. Well, then he fell down the stairs. So when my kid fell down the stairs, if we think of our nervous system as a giant barrel of water and we want the water to run through, that's how we want our like impulses from our brain to our body to run through. And at the bottom of this water barrel, you want like a big hole in it. So the water runs through Mm -hmm. my son, like at some point his barrel was just like overflowing and like those three there's three things that contribute to like an overwhelm of your nervous system it's toxins that's you mama like you're teaching us how to deal with how overburdened we are with that and you're such a blessing because I've learned so much and the few months I've even known you with that our thoughts I mean hello emotion code yeah and traumas so unfortunately I felt like him falling down the stairs, this was a huge, like, I couldn't ask him what was wrong. I couldn't figure out. So I actually had a way that I felt like was given to me. Instead of saying, hey, Sammy, what's wrong? We could actually measure and say like, oh, it's right here. We just need to, this is where your volume knobs turned all the way up. 
this is how we're going to do body work to turn that volume knob back down. And he just felt stuck. That's like all I could portray, like get to other like doctors or my family. Like he's just stuck. He's just like, we have to get over this hump. What is it? And ask and you shall receive. And it's like, as soon as I was figuring that out, I became pregnant with my daughter and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is from having a C-section. This was how like they brought him out. It was from the trauma. So I was just so, I'm having a, you know, a natural birth. I'm having an H-back. I'm going to, you know, have my baby at home. And, you know, I did uh, prenatal yoga. I did things so different because with my son, my son is my fifth pregnancy. I had four miscarriages before. So I just white knuckled his pregnancy. So when I talk about thoughts, like that poor kid was marinated in adrenaline for 41 weeks, but so wanted. He was so wanted, but just so stressed out. So to have that. And then, so my daughter, I'm like, we're having a whole different, like, I, I don't care what has to happen. Like, it's about my baby. I want her to come into the world so peacefully. And she did. I mean, honestly, the star of Bethlehem could have been over my birth tub. I rocked an H back. It was so amazing. But Mm -hmm. still I had another over nine pound child who came out of my body. And when I compared my two children and did their neurological scans, both of my children needed this body work. Both of them needed help when it came to breastfeeding. And with my daughter, I had the exact opposite stuff when it came to like, usually with your first one, you're always worried about supply and whatnot. With my daughter, I had such an oversupply. And because I was working with very natural, holistic-minded women, it was don't use your pump or you'll be with your baby all the time, just nurse on command. Well, if their stomach is only an ounce or two, not even, their tummies are so tiny to begin. And my, like just from my right breast, like I was producing six to eight ounces of milk just with my right one. So I couldn't, like, I had to use my pump, but I was like scared to, cause I felt like, well, I shouldn't because I was told not to and nipple confusion and you know, all the things. And instead of being greeted with like, okay, this is your second baby, all of the things like, of course, use your pump. Like instead of a process that was catered to me, I was just giving, given generics. And that yeah. was so frustrating. So the only person who actually really helped me after my daughter was born was my dad. And I think this is kind of funny because he found out I had mastitis and he called me up right away and he told me what they did for their dairy cows. That's what my dad did with me. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, and then I got to the point like, okay, not everybody has my dad, Harvey, right there waiting, you know, on them. And I didn't want every mom to feel like they were Bessie the cow because it was very like, boom, boom. This is what we do for our cows. <laughs> I felt like a cow for sure. And then so between the trauma, it's, for me, I was like, okay, as a chiropractor, I get it. As a mom, I get this. So I went ahead and I even did the lactation training along with all this and just pulled all three of those things together with mom being the number one expert. Because yes. for some reason we lose that. Yes. Why do we forget that moms are so wonderful and amazing? There are so many moms who give their power away. And I did it too, because yeah. I thought someone knew better than I did for myself and my baby. So that's the, kind of the whole spiel of 
without the mom's shame and the guilt and the blaming of, oh, it was my C-section or it was this. It was like, we need to stop with the shame and guilt and realize that moms aren't failing, that there's a bunch of systems out there that are failing moms. And we need to cater to the mother, the fact that the mother is unique, the baby is unique, her birth is unique. And when you take all three of those things and combine them, of course, the breastfeeding journey is going to be unique. So how can you just Google something and expect to get what you need when it comes to breastfeeding? There's just 5 million possibilities, probably even more. I think there's infinite possibilities when it comes to that. Yeah. That's what brought me here. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's so, it's amazing because that's kind of the first time I've heard your story in that way. And just the similarities and the stories, it's like telling our stories is like the ultimate form of, of healing because it gives back somebody else of like, I, like, I feel where you were. Like, there's so many things that you said that just resonated so much. Um, so when you talk about the kiddos being in this fight or flight. I think you and I both had a similar thing where it's like, we know a lot. I mean, you are a chiropractor at this time. You knew a lot. Um, I was in the field of natural health. I was seeing a chiropractor all the time. I was, you know, I thought I knew a lot, that type of thing. And same thing with my kiddo where, you know, the chiropractor was the first and only person that we took him to, but it was like one time a month or whatever. I, I tried for seven months to breastfeed. I had lactation consultants coming in and out of my door and I always felt like I was the broken one. And here it was not until my son was six that I met a chiropractor that practices in the way that you do. And I found, oh, right there, the brainstem, right there, his whole system screaming at me. Literally all the clues were there, but it took that type of work to actually, the body work, the consistency, the frequency, to see massive shifts in him. It's so powerful what you're doing. Yeah. Doctor, so you're talking about Dr. Dustin McIver, correct? Yep. Yeah. So Dr. Dustin and I, we train together on all this and it's really like just coming to fruition, like really yes. fast. And it's so amazing because we're following another chiropractor who, um, his name's Dr. Tony Ebel. And his wife, you know, had this home birth and it was not like their kid was the perfect storm, like had to be airlifted to a hospital. And basically all of this teaching came from a birth trauma, which, you know, mm -hmm. home birth, all this other stuff. And his story really just became what he wanted to teach because uh, Dr. Tony, he he's done everything from like athletic training to having like all the supplements, doing all of the milestone training, um, all of the um, Dr. Melillo work. He's done it all. And he got to the point like he had to experience it with his own child. And I think chiropractic is doing a complete 180 when it comes to pediatrics because yeah, the thought of chiropractic and peds was like, yeah, of course it's good for kids. And then you would ask mm -hmm. why. And they're like, um, because they have a spine and stuff. Like there was never yeah. any concrete yeah. stuff going on. And I think what's really happening a lot actually is less than 30% of women practice in our field with chiropractic. Mm -hmm. So they graduate and 70% like go either to other professions or, and yeah. I don't know what it is in your field. But I think when you have 
because when I was in chiropractic school, women were having home birth and everyone was breastfeeding around me in class. And it was like, I got used to attachment parenting. Like, that's just what you do. You wear yes. your baby. You're not putting them down. The babies were in class with us all day, every day. We were learning body work and all that stuff. So when you have two babies, three babies trying to run a business, shoot, I mean, one baby, it's yeah. so much. Like, it's easier for me to be a chiropractor every day. It's easier for me to be a business owner every single day than it is for me to mom. So if you're a stay-at-home mom right now listening to this, like make sure you realize that you are doing the hardest job. Because when I go to work, I can have a hot cup of coffee or tea, like actual hot. I, I can go to the bathroom by myself. I can actually complete a thought. I can have a meal. It's like when I'm home with my kids, they're yeah. Thursday and Friday all day with them. And I'm homeschooling all of those things. I'm like, whew. This is tough work. It's the hardest work. So these moms who decide to either stay home or whatever, like it's almost like the way of parenting is staying home with those moms. And that's not a bad thing. It's like those phases go so quickly for our kiddos that if you think to write this down or teach like you and I are doing, you're already on to the next phase or mm -hmm. your next baby is going through it. There's just no time and I think that's what you're embracing a lot too, are these, you know, women coming back into the circles and trying to really, you know, create a tribe and community for the attachment parenting and whatnot. Yeah. So we're definitely coming right back around that. So it is exploding because it's coming back from like, oh, I heard chiropractic is great for an ear infection. And then they go two or three times and like, oh, I tried that. That didn't work. Well, yeah. how do you know that? Were you tested? Do we know what that area of your spine is yeah. doing? And yeah. once we, we're not guessing, we don't have to feel around and go, oh yeah, it might be C2. Let's see how it goes. That I hate that phrase so much. Yeah. Let's try it and see how it goes. Let's test it, see what's going on. And then every visit communicate with mom, like, look, in order to make these changes, like I want to see you three times a week for three weeks and then rescan. Did I change anything? Did I do anything? Are you wasting your time and your money with me? Like, that's what I want to know. I want concrete evidence, even knowing yes, being a chiropractor to see if I'm actually making changes. So I love that we, are, we have the technology now, that we have the education now, and then the training that we're collectively doing and keep evolving. Like there's so many things in chiropractic that's evolving and it's really coming together beautifully. I, that's the thing is like, again, with the, with the natural mamas out there, right? And when these things come up, you're thinking, but I did all the right things. Like I, I thought I did all the right things. Like for me, like I, I, I think, you know, I knew that C-sections, like there was like, okay, like that is definitely something, you know, that I got to watch for. Like there's a, there's these thoughts that come to mind when I think about if my babies were in C-section, but because I had a natural birth, right? Like, right. And I knew it was traumatic for me <laughs> and that was a whole nother piece of the story, but it didn't occur to me how traumatic it was for my kiddo. And that is the disconnect. Right. Now we're thinking, what is going on? What is going on? But see, all of that was so humbling because I lived it and you lived it and we've lived it. And now we see it so immediately. I'm like, it is it is not okay for a moment for your child to be callous. That is not okay. That is not 
Yes, it's very common as we see, but it's not okay. That's the first sign that something's up. And if your baby can't latch. Well, what not, is colic? Right. And what is colic? Right. It's, it's the baby trying to communicate with you that something is wrong. Yes. yes. It's literally, there's not, there's something going on. And I'm going to be like, the louder I get, the more serious you know to take it. Right. And we all we know how to do is try to make that go away as fast as possible by whatever means necessary. Well, and even for moms too, like they're going to the pediatrician and they're, you know, they're getting a diagnosis of colic Mm -hmm. and it's just this generic blanket. And they're like, great. What do I do? How do I fix this? Like, oh, you don't, you just, you know, grow out of it. You don't grow out of it. You grow into the next thing. If that baby is trying to unwind the stress of what happened to them from their birth and then any other like things that we're doing to them right after their birth, like a NICU stay or separation from mom or um, multiple different things. We could go down a whole different, you know, road with that. And they just know that it's like impact after impact, like stress after stress. Then that's the kiddo who has ear infections. Well, why does that Mm -hmm. kiddo have an ear infection? Well, C1 is so one way or the other, which if you look at the vertebra, like if it twists one way, you're going to have a tensor villi palatini muscle that goes around your eustachian tube. So if one side's tight, one side's not, and you can't just let everything nicely flow, if you just, mm-hmm. and we always go right to physical therapy, and I think physical ther- therapy is amazing, but if we're stretching something that's already tight and just stretching something that's fine, but not just putting it back through body work, so gentle, like the Mm -hmm. amount of pressure you would put to make sure you wouldn't bruise a peach, right? Mm -hmm. Put it back where it is. And that eustachian tube can relax because that muscle is no longer stretched to its max and can relax. Then babies just swallow an infection. Instead, moms are going, oh my gosh, my baby's crying nonstop and we're going to get the tubes. But the tubes do like, if you think of those big three gallon Aquafina, like water gallons that you'll take like camping or whatever. What do you have to do to that water jug in order for it to flow? You have to puncture the top of it, right? Mm -hmm. Once you puncture the top of it, then it starts flowing. That's in essence what we're doing to our child's eardrums. And they never just get one round. It's two, three, four rounds of these tubes. And then at 10, the kids are deaf because they have so much scar tissue on their eardrum because the eardrum has to nicely vibrate right? So that we can hear. But if it's full of scar tissue, because we're puncturing it so that it will drain, which is not the cause, it's not the underlying reason why the kid has an ear infection, then what are we doing? Mm -hmm. It's just going right to the tonsils. Then we're growing into like, oh, we got to take these tonsils out. You're snoring, you're doing all this stuff. You got rid of this first line of defense and we get rid of the second line of defense. And we wonder why we have kiddos with alarming results of allergies, and asthma, and they have to, you know, take all those medications, which also have side effects. So it's, it gets so, I get so passionate about it because it truly is setting the foundation for these kiddos from birth. And what I'm really learning from you is there are so many of us who are holistic practitioners, who we've done all the things. We have a natural birth, you know, we're as, you know, crunchy granola as possible. And then our kid has eczema and you're like, how, how do you have eczema? I didn't do the things that cause eczema. And then you realize like, well, my liver was crap. 
before I got pregnant and now I can't even process all the estrogen I have in my body. And now I'm, it's coming out of my breast milk on top of who knows what else I have in my body. So you're detoxing and your baby's detoxing. And that's a huge, I feel like we're really coming into that right now. And that's what I'm excited to even work even more with you on the future about because I help a lot of other chiropractors right now who are having lactation issues and like their kids are covered in eczema. My daughter had a little bit of eczema too. And you're like, so if our kiddos are suffering, what are the mainstream kiddos like going through right now? Like that breaks my heart too. So that's why it's like, it's so, I love your heart and the fact that we're both just like yelling from the mountaintops. Like we have some answers for you. We don't want to tell you how to do it, but we have some answers for you over here. Well, just the whole freedom of giving mamas back their say in things, right? Because for so long, their intuition on all things, including birth, including breastfeeding, and including raising their child has been totally suppressed. And they've just been told that they know nothing. Their doctor knows everything. I mean, I was, I was, I was got home late last night. I, you know, I taught the muscle testing class and then I got home late and it always takes me a bit to like downshift, you know, I'm like, home yes. and I just need to like numb out for a second and whatever movie it was, I don't even know the name of it, but the doctor was like, lay down, you know? And it's like, I would never talk to my client that way. You know, like it was just, a, it, they give orders, like do this now do this. Right. And it's like the programming that we see of that reminded on TV of like the doctor knows lay down, like do what to say. And that's, was one of my biggest regrets in my birth is I, I feel like I was looking to other people to tell me what was going on in my own body. Mm-hmm. And that is like, that's only like what, eight years ago, nine years ago, that version of me yeah. telling, telling, mm-hmm. people, telling people what was going on in my body. I'm 30 years old and I don't know how to interpret what's going on in my body. Now we've never experienced birth. right, and that just sets yeah. Go ahead, like, but that just sets up the foundation for the rest of motherhood as well. So then, when I'm sitting here saying like, "Why isn't my son not talking?" and he was talking, and it's like, "Oh, that happens. It's a two year regression." Which there is some regression, but I I don't even like using that word because their brains are just exploding. A new part of the brain sometimes is just taking up so much energy because they're learning a new skill or yeah, just a new skill that sometimes something like talking or whatever, like they don't talk as much because their energy is going somewhere else, right? Yeah. So that's the biggest thing we're always teaching with the nervous system is like, where is your energy going to? And yeah. like, if you're in fight or flight, it's going out to your extremities. It's going out to your arms. It's going out to your legs. So you're not caring about your digestive system. You're not caring about your immune system. You don't care about your skin because those three systems are only activated when you're in rest and digest, when you're in health and healing. You can't be in survival mode and thrive at the same time. That's Bruce Lipton. I think you've quoted Bruce Lipton a few times or Dr. Bruce Lipton. So when we understand that that's truly a teeter-totter, that you are on one side versus the other, You need to know, like, where is all of your kiddos energy being diverted to? And right now, their most important thing is to grow. Like Mm -hmm. healing is important. So yeah, let's get the healing done. But if you're in literally survival mode, and you can't thrive, like that's how you have these failure to thrive babies. And just, you know, skin issues and the constipation and the screaming and all these things like you just barely 
touch a baby that first time and just figure out like, okay, this is from birth. Like I had a new um, patient today. The baby is five weeks old, C-section, pulled her out. They pulled the baby out from her leg, like dislocated her hip that when, if the baby's not in her brace, her legs are straight up in the air. So talk about fight or flight position. Like if I'm going to punch you in the stomach right now, what does your posture look like? We quasi-moto out, you bring your head down, you bring your arms up. We have that quasi-moto, like I said. Rock right in. Yeah. You tuck your tailbone under like a dog, right? You tuck your tail and then you hold your breath and you're just bracing for that punch right into your gut. And that's literally our babies in that fetal position. And everybody's just like, oh my gosh, my baby is so strong. Look, they're standing up and they use their head. And it's like, no, we do not want strong babies. We want floppy, soggy babies for the, before they're ready to, you know, actually start yeah. using. So like you, like you just want a sack of flour basically should just lay there. And that baby today, after I did body work on her, it was the first time that the mom could actually like lay her down, like cradle style, like cross cradle and just be there. Cause otherwise I'm so glad that this mom's intuition is just on and she's yeah. like, I just wear her. I just feel like it's best to do breast sleeping right now. She's very, you know, needs me and needs to heal. I'm like, are you sure you're a first time mom? Because girl, like you're listening to your intuition yeah. and it's on. And she's like, that's why I came here. I heard you're the baby whisperer. So I'm here. Uh, and it was, I mean, one adjustment for her. So, I mean, we'll do more because we're still measuring and seeing yeah. what's going on. But like the relief just with one yeah. session of body work. Cranial sacral work is just so beautiful. I love getting it. It's so amazing. Yeah, it's so amazing. I mean, these are the things, right, that, like, I didn't have in my tool belt then. And the chiropractor only, like, like they, they only did so many things. And now it's like, oh, my gosh, the possibilities of what we can do and how I refer and what I look for and the signs that I – like, all these things. And I can tell the difference immediately between a baby who's in their body and a baby who's not. And even though I saw it with my own son, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know what to do with that information. I think that's why we are screaming from the, from the rooftop because here we were, we had a lot of information and yet it took a, it took a minute, right? It took a minute to like calibrate to that and be like, okay, what's here? Like we looked, yeah. we knew to like look, but just took me a lot longer to find what I was looking for. Um, so powerful. So with with working with moms, we have we have birth, what we just talked about. There's so many different factors of birth that play a part into that that fourth trimester, right? So what what are the things that you're looking for? Like, what are the clues that you're looking for, or what are you seeing? I guess. So I feel like in that fourth trimester, one we just went through birth, right? Yeah. Let's revere the fact that mom just, I mean, ran a marathon and now has to heal from that marathon. And if we really think of birth as a marathon that we're training for, I want to really get this message out to moms who are still pregnant, who are expecting, who aren't exhausted from whatever her birth held for her. Um, whether it was, you know, at home, C-section or whatever, we're tired. And then we are entering sleep deprivation and when you're trying to Google something or reach out to a friend in regard to what's going on with breastfeeding, 
there's 5 million things out there. And what I thought was interesting doing um, my lactation training was if you Googled something such as like nipple soreness, you would get so many different articles. But if you look up who the author was of that article, it was a man sometimes, which I'm like, okay, fine. How is this man going to help me with nipple soreness? He can write a generic article. And all of those articles with pregnancy and breastfeeding say one thing, like it'll be uncomfortable and it's going to go away, but there's no solution at all to it. Especially like, well, okay. Like is the baby two days old? Does the baby weigh six pounds? And the mom has like very large breasts. Like there's solutions that we can really tune into what the actual situation is. Then I also think it was interesting that the person who wrote the article worked for like Buzzfeed or something. I'm just throwing something out there and then it's not Buzzfeed, but something like that. And then who was like throwing the money at that like newspaper or news source, if you will, it was always pharma and pharma gives us our formula, which I'm not against formula in any way, shape or form. Like formula saves lives. We feed babies. That's all there is to it. But when you're trying to breastfeed and you're looking for answers, you're not getting it. Of course, you're going to go to formula because you're not getting the solution. So I don't hate formula. I hate how formula gets marketed to us. It's very sneaky. And I mean, that's, that's a whole different podcast. That's That's a very long long thing. So my goal is to literally, like I do monthly chats in my community and I call it baby bumps and beer bellies. I invite moms and dads, the expecting couples to just come hang out. And my husband actually helps me on it because dads don't get any support when it comes to this whole birthing and parenthood journey. And dad is a fixer. He's a doer. And for the first time in his life, he's getting pushed in a corner and complain to. And he's like, I want to help. I want to fix, but he's not the one who's going to be giving birth. And he's not the one who's going to be breastfeeding. So it's nice to have like that male energy there to be like, we got you, dad. Here's a a group of us men. We've been there. You'll be okay. If not reach out, you've met us in person. We're in your community. And these are the things you need to do. Like it's your job to do the housework right now. Like you're going to be sweeping the floor. You're putting that laundry in the washing machine right now, things like that. But also dad is getting those fresh pair of eyes when he's watching birth and goes, oh, like, let's get in the car. I'm going to grab the keys because we're going to go see Mel. And she's the one who's going to help us with breastfeeding because the baby's been crying or, you know, whatnot. So I love having the partner there with me because then it's truly like they're included and they are included in the breastfeeding journey. They do have a very important role in that, not just... I don't know, like drive me to places and whatnot. They can like make sure you have snacks and water. And like, these are the important things like drive me to the lactation consultant and the chiropractor. So they sit and they watch all that. But my biggest thing that I show is you, if you think of this whole class, I don't want, it's not the Melanie method. This is not the Tanya method. It's not the XYZ method. It's exactly what you teach with femme. You aren't wanting all these moms calling you 24-7 be like, can you muscle test me for this? Instead, you're like, no, I'm teaching you how to muscle test so that you can truly be the practitioner in your own home. And it's the same exact thing. Like I am taking these three things 
and I'm giving the same information out so that you can start studying this prenatally so you know who you want to bring on to your healthcare team. And you say it all the time. You're the CEO of your healthcare team. Who are you inviting in? Who are you going to bring to support you? So my class, like I have my community class and then I have an online class that I just launched and it's a roadmap. It's this roadmap. It's a motherhood breastfeeding journey highway, if you will. So if we're all getting on the breastfeeding highway, Melanie's entrance ramp, if I were to have another baby, if I was having baby number three, is very different than a mom who's never had a baby before with first time around. If this mama had fertility issues and already has a planned C-section, oh my gosh, her breastfeeding journey is going to be so different than if I had a third baby at home again, just for the essence of IV fluids, when her milk would come in, how many milk producing glands she actually has at this point, not a, I don't know, you're going to have sore nipples and get over it, generic Mm -hmm. information, right? So Mm -hmm. what I truly teach mom is I'm giving you this roadmap. And by doing that, I'm giving you the power to be the practitioner and I'm giving it to you and your partner. So you guys are working together with it and you figure out together which entrance ramp you're getting on by honestly a really like, I'd like to think of it as like a 30,000 foot view. Like if we're flying in a plane and we can look down and say, okay, that issue, that issue, you can cherry pick basically what is relevant to you because it's a whole sea of information and we drown in it. Instead, let's like rise above it and realize, okay, I need that over there because I had a C-section. It's my second baby. I'm bringing that. And I truly teach moms how to be, to look through the eyes of a lactation consultant, a chiropractor who does body work, and more importantly, a mom who's had the whole spectrum of breastfeeding issues and say, okay, if this happens, this this is okay. There's no guilt, no shame, but here's all the possibilities with your map. And now we're all going to get on that highway together. There's no right way. We're all getting on together. Just your entrance ramp. I have to teach you which entrance ramp is yours. Yes. So that you're successful. I love that so much. That is so amazing. And so this is something that anybody from anywhere could sign up for to, 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 to really start to sink into this. Yeah. And this is in its really infant stages. This is a beta launch. So right now signing up, they would um, be in phase zero. So they'd just be going through kind of the assessment because I think that's important. Like, where are you with your breastfeeding journey? If we're trying to go somewhere, you have to put a stake in the ground and be like, I'm here. I want to go there. And if you don't know where you're starting from, then you have no idea where you're going. So that's truly phase zero is going through that, getting your assessment of like, this is okay. I got my roadmap. First, I have to figure out my starting point. So that is there. And like, I like phase one will be available in two weeks. And it's awesome because whoever is signing up right now, like I feel like I get to co-create with these mamas because there's so many issues. I actually have to do a phone call with a mama who had a lipase issue with freezing her milk. I didn't have that issue, but I want to know all about it Mm -hmm. so I can help other moms. So things like that would go like in the bonus, you know, things, but Yeah. yeah, it's 12 phases. It's a, it's a full year course. And it's not that it would take you a full year. It's broken down into 12 chunks. So you can really do everything at your own pace. It's especially phase zero. 
goes through it talks a little bit about like the who what when where how why right yeah phase one is your why and i feel like if everyone got phase one got through that they're going to be golden for just their birth like they're going to mm-hmm. know like coming out of the hospital birth center from home whatnot they're going to like okay i know where i am on my map and where i need to go next because that first day is so different from day two and day three and day four not to mention no one talks about jaundice and formula like those two things together how baby's trying to break down any of the trauma like blood vessels and whatnot so the liver is trying so hard to process Mm -hmm. what they just went through coming out of mom's body so what happened fight or flight all the energy is going everywhere the liver can't keep up livers part of you know digesting things right Mm -hmm. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, your sugar's low, which baby's been in a state of ketosis the entire time. And then we give baby formula because, oh my gosh, your sugar's low. But really baby's energy is needed to help the liver process the trauma. So once again, we have to ask, where do we want baby's energy to go to heal their traumas from birth? So they're not, you know, their skin isn't all yellow and whatnot to help the liver flush everything out. Or, oh my gosh, they're going to starve to death. Here's your formula. Now, granted, that's a spectrum too. I don't want to talk in generalities on that. But it's usually not a known thing for a lot of mamas. So you have each day is so different. But it's so hard to present that to a mom prenatally. Instead, it's like, okay, let's get you through the why. And then it's broken down into like, here's your first week. I break it down day by day. Then it's like week one week two. So they can basically like then choose their own adventure. So they know what they need to know going into birth and then they can work their way through, but then they can go back and forth and say, okay, my kid has torticollis is not, you know, feeding on the left side. They're going to know different phases that deal with baby issues, mom's issues, things like that. So it's all broken down, but I love how they're like just smaller chunks. So you can listen to a five minute video or 10 minute video and know what you need to know. Or if you're, if your kid doesn't have torticollis, you don't need to watch that video, Mm -hmm. but it will be there and you'll realize how much torticollis affects your breastfeeding journey. So we go through all those things with baby, all those things with mom. And it's, it's really, like I said, the complete map that I just don't think is out there. And it was very well needed because I needed it. So, you know, it's, it's so interesting because it's hard when you are, when you are thinking about having a baby, right? Like, you know, I'm, I'm now talking about like, will you please pause and cleanse? Will you please do a, this pause that and do a cleanse? And like, let's get your husband and some really great supplements to support his DNA. Let's get you after you cleanse, let's do some building work and get you on the supplements to support your DNA. Like let's hit the pause button. Right. And that's so like, not even on a lot of people's radar. It's certainly like, it wasn't really on mine in that way whatsoever either. Like I thought being fit meant that I was healthy enough to have a baby, right? Like that was my mentality. Um, and so for so many people though, it's like, yeah, can I just get pregnant and have a baby, right? Like, can I just like skip all that and just have a baby now? And it's the same thing with breastfeeding too. It's like, yeah, I plan to breastfeed if it works. I mean, if, if it doesn't, then, and you, and this is where like the deep breaths come in a lot because we are in this state of there is some we are dealing with a fertility crisis first of all you know we have that 
And then we're dealing with these babies that are in toxic utero spaces coming into the world already in lack and high toxicity. And then we have the breast milk compounded with that that's not in the state that, it, that we would desire it to be. And now we have what you guys often say as like, you know, this perfect storm starting to brew. And then when the breastfeeding doesn't go the way that we intended to go, and then we switch to formula, but the baby's not even able to digest food in the way that they should be able to digest food. And so now we have all these other issues from eczema to, you know, I mean, just the gas and the burps and the not pooping or the pooping too much, like all the things, right? And like, we feel like it happened to us. Right. I, I totally agree with that. And there are so many things too, when moms are trying to breastfeed that maybe like something like torticollis isn't on her radar. But as soon as she says like, oh, the baby has no problem on the left side, but has, you know, such a hard time on the right. And it's like, well, why? Well, they can't turn his head. Well, why? So it's like, it's literally, they're coming in through breastfeeding and you're addressing other issues and correcting those other yep. issues at the same time. So yeah. there's so many things when you talk about the perfect storm, my perfect storm kids have the same history over and over and over again to the point that like, I don't, I'm not trying to be facetious with the mom, but I can basically finish her sentences for her. I'm like, oh, okay. You had a really stressful pregnancy, moving, fighting with your husband, blah, you know, whatever, like yeah. stressful pregnancy or fertility, a lot of fertility cha challenges. And then, yep. yeah, because I had the fertility challenges, we just went ahead and, you know, we took the baby at 38 weeks, which that baby is probably not done baking at 38 weeks. So, you know, had a NICU stay and then from the NICU stay, you know, other medications and whatever go went into yep. that baby. And then, you know, the baby screamed nonstop. Then they were colicky for about three months, then the ear infections. And then, you know, we already talked about that. It just keeps brewing over and over again. Yeah. And I just felt like breastfeeding was the easiest way to educate a prenatal mom on all this stuff. But gosh, like that is something I so wanted to work with you on and even have part of this course mm -hmm. coming up is talking about like how to prep for that next baby. Yeah. Like when we're weaning, like, we truly should have at least like three years in between yeah. babies just to, if you have a C-section, like at least a year to let your uterus to even heal. Yeah. But I, I just don't under, for me, like I knew that the immune system matured at two years of age and I was bound and determined to breastfeed for those two years because I felt like my breast milk was essential on building the yes. foundation for my kiddos immune system. So I think everybody was like, why did you do that for two years? One year is enough. Any time that you do is amazing. But I knew that two years is what it took. And that's just what happened to be my goal. And some people are like, oh, well, that makes sense. Why aren't we taught that? I'm like, that's a great question. Why aren't we taught yeah. that? And that was just my yeah. own like, oh, two-year-old molars means immune system is pretty mature. I'm yeah. going to breastfeed till then. Or whenever they're ready to stop. And Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, there's so there's so much that we're we're coming back in and we're we're going back to, you know, tapping into the wisdom, tapping into the traditional ways and saying, but, but, but wait, like this all just got this is these are all very industrialized methods of, of birth. And when we look at, you know, uh what OB's trainings are in the hospital. Like there, there's not often where they're having exposure to what a real natural birth process is or Absolutely. What it looks like. And so things from the very beginning are 
disconnected. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the the work that you. I think this is so powerful. So this, okay, this is where I'm going. So I remember right being in that phase. Rewind to eight years ago or nine years ago, I guess. Um, and again, just thinking it's gonna go my way. Like I'm strong. I'm a healthy person. It's gonna go my way, right? Like. Um, even though I, I had some concerns about things, but like, I didn't do like, I didn't go to like, um, you know, a Leche league meeting beforehand. I mean, that would have been maybe a nice place to do or have some rest. Like, I just thought it would work, you know, I just, how many times are you dealing with mama's words not working? <laughs> it wasn't easy. It was, it, it definitely is not easy for anybody. And I think so many people just think it's going to work. I'm going to put my head down and I'm just going to muscle through it basically. And really, I, I see it a lot in my practice and I do a lot of nodding, but a lot of times the breakdown has to come for mamas yeah. before they have the breakthrough especially when it comes yeah. to co-sleeping and whatnot. Like I had a mom who was having terrible psychosis, like postpartum anxiety, because she wasn't sleeping, like not sleeping is going to make you have psychosis. She was having hallucinations, she was getting even scared to drive to me to have the baby like checked and whatnot. And I said, look, like we're doing a lot of work on this baby's head. And you know, she has plagiocephaly. And when you're holding her or breast sleeping with her, that's her tummy time. That's what she's getting to heal. And when you're laying her down on her back, like that probably is uncomfortable for her because she's trying to get into that fight or flight position because she doesn't know any better. But we're so programmed that baby is on their back in their own bed. And she basically just was like fight. Like she had this own internal fight. And I just listened because moms have to do what's best for them. Like every baby is different. Like my daughter, like she gives me a kiss goodnight and she's like, bye mom. See you later. (laughs) My son literally has to like koala still around me. So every kid is different. So you have to listen to those expectations. But this mom was like, okay, I got this app and this app tells me like, this is why I need to put her down. I'm missing her sleeping. She's trying to like be so sciencey with like the sleeping cues. And I'm like, just breastfeed and put your baby, like wear your baby. Like gave her a Moby wrap. All like I have so many wraps yeah. here. Just take yeah. it home. You know, bring it back when you're done. Yeah. And so she had to have a breakdown. She literally yeah. was at the point where she just couldn't take it anymore. And she brought the baby into bed with her. She goes, "We slept for ten hours." And I just yeah. nodded and went. She yeah. wanted her mom. Yes. But we're so programmed to be so scared. And what we don't realize with co-sleeping is we are making moms have this psychosis. So they pick their baby up. And they go to the couch and they sit down on the couch and they breastfeed and they fall asleep. And then the baby gets stuck in between a cushion or something like we're so afraid of suffocating our babies that instead of having a safe co-sleeping space, preparing a space truly for mom and baby to sleep, we're going to the couch or we're like falling asleep in a rocking chair, a lazy boy or a glider. And all of a sudden we're dropping baby over the side or something else. Like I'm telling you, I've heard all of the stories. They're so tragic. And I, I'm not, I don't back down from a good debate, especially coming from the mom aspect where I was like, I understand you don't want a baby to suffocate, but moms have to sleep 
And unless you're sending someone to the home to let the mom sleep for four hours at a time, you don't get an opinion on what mom's doing. Yeah. So moms need to breast sleep, especially with kiddos who have started the perfect storm where we're doing plagiocephaly and torticollis, whatever. They're not going to want to sleep on their back. They uh-huh. want to sleep on mom. So make yeah. mom comfortable and baby support the mother so that they can sleep so that they can heal. If those, if baby and mom aren't sleeping, they're not healing. They're constantly yeah. like it's adrenal, like adrenals are just going to be squashed and they're probably already gone to begin with, with in our society, they're already gone. Absolutely. Um, my son wanted to sleep that way until recently. Yeah. <laughs> because until we actually, actually got to the root cause of it. Like he still wanted to sleep that way, you yeah. know? I'm like, dude, you're too big for this now. But like, I'm so thankful. That was one of the things that I'm so thankful I wasn't afraid of because I feel like, wow, I could have really got things like I could have really, really made things a whole lot worse if I would have been so disconnected from that. Because I I tell mom, I was like, listen, you just got to pretend like that umbilical cord is still attached because energetically it is. Energetically, it still is. There's like, it's still attached. Yeah. And I think so many times we're so busy fighting with our husbands on that too, because our mm-hmm. husbands are very like, and they just want what's best. I, I'm not trying to put them down. Mm-hmm. You just hear it on the radio, like the back to sleep program and all this stuff. So they're like, well, I heard because we are programmed, like this is what you need yeah. to do. And you, I mean, I guess I just put my foot down like so early with my husband and I are high school sweethearts. And I'm always like, look, buddy, you knew I went to chiropractic school. You still asked me to marry you. You knew what you were in for, like crunchy granola all the way. And I mean, trust me, every single big debate that there is with parenting, we've had, like he was at one point a public school teacher. So when it comes to, um, I mean, we just decided to homeschool with everything. So to have, to be married to a public school teacher and homeschool, like that was, I mean, we have great conversations. I don't want to say it's a fight. And I do think that's how we evolve as parents. And it's actually, I, I love them looking back now. I'm like, wow, we really grew as a couple, like facing these challenges together, but every single thing, as far as like how we were going to birth breastfeeding, um, we kept our son intact. You know, we really like went through and he was such like my teammate with all this, where he was like, well, I guess that does make sense. He's like, just show me where you're coming from. And I stuck to my guns with all that. I'm like, nope, this is what we're doing. And until you prove me wrong, no, like, and you're not the one who's getting up in the middle of the night breastfeeding. So if you don't like that, our baby's in bed, go find a different bed. I was pretty blunt and I was really just stuck to it because I'm like, I need to sleep and I have to work and I need to do these things too, but I want to breastfeed. I I want to do these things for our kids and you're going to have to support me. That's where like, you know, you obviously are, are as a femme, like there's a reason that the the logo is a, a mama with her bear, right? Like yes. this is the conviction and the energy that I feel like is needed right now for our men to plug into and say, oh, you're not afraid. Oh, you feel good about this. Like this is where you're at, right? Like, and you're not wishy-washy because you're so convicted because it is what it is. Right. And they get to plug into that and they get to evolve. They're like, oh, like, oh, like this is because otherwise they're just working in fear. Yes. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. They're I working mean, in fear. 
I guess I'm blessed too that I had the experience of, you know, other, like I worked as a nurse tech for a year and a half before I became a chiropractor. So I, there are other experiences I had beforehand. So when it came to actually giving birth, I was like, I don't want to birth in this hospital system because I know of what the outcome will be. And like, why would my friends who are also nurses and doctors and techs, like also like they're still, they're having this kind of experience. And if they're employees here and having this kind of experience, I can't imagine what non-employees basically are having. Not saying that all, you know, hospital births are bad experiences. I don't want to say that at all. But I was like, you don't understand. It's like, if you watch the business of being born, it's a process. And I guess I was a doula before I realized what a doula was. Like I've been at other people's births. Like, I like your energy. Will you just come with me because I'll be vulnerable and you'll fight for me or protect me or rub my back when I need it. Like you have both sides. So, um, I just said, I'm like, from my experience, like this is what I've seen so far. And I, I don't want that for my birth experience. And then when I did waiver and like, and it was me, it was my decision to transfer to the hospital because it was all out of fear. It was all based on never, you know, given birth before and having four losses. And I just, I mean, I was right there. Like I literally, I was crowning at the hospital. Like there was no reason to have a C-section, but because I was a home birth transferring in, I mean, I was treated terribly. Like it was so bad that my husband was like, I, he's still, he's like, I can't believe that was real life, that this is how you were treated coming in. And then he kind of, if we're mama bears, like he's definitely that papa bear now that he's like, oh, like she was right. And I should have listened to her. And that was so, that's so great about our breastfeeding class together. He's like, you have to support your women and come from this place of just like, they're going to be so vulnerable, so strong at the same time. Like he, I just love how he puts words together in such a way that really connects with the other dads in the room where they just get like, okay, this is your papa bear, but because when mama bear is going through this, like this is what your expectations are and what you need to do. And if you need support, then like we're here too, but you're not crazy or weird because you want a more holistic experience because truthfully, whatever they do to mom and baby, like they wash their hands of it after you leave the hospital and then you deal with whatever for the rest of your life from it. So you have to stand up. You have to say no or know what you're comfortable with and what you want in those very vulnerable moments. You know, it's so interesting that, you know, you, as you went through a fear-based C-section, um, because, you know, I have the things that I've done too, and it's, they're, they're humbling moments, right? It allows us to be able to connect and relate to the people that we serve. If you, if you had the perfect birth and the perfect story and the perfect history, like it's, I wouldn't be teaching this. I'd be like, what's your problem? Why aren't you breastfeeding? Exactly. Same here. Like that's what's like with, with my son and all the things that we went through. It's like, if everything would have turned out perfectly and he was the perfect child and the perfect thing and everything was perfect, then I would just be like, well, if you just didn't do this and you just did this, then you should be good. Right. Like it's so humbling how our children come in and they're like, Oh no, you don't. I'm going to teach you. (laughs) I'm going to evolve you. you. And that's such a blessing. Yes. And I'm so thankful for that. You're so right. Because the amount of moms and kids, like, I mean, I'm trying to say this in the most humbling of ways, but 
I like we see miracles every single day in our office. And that is what's so humbling. Like we see kids who have never talked before say hi or mom or I love you. And one of the most hard things I always say, like with a kiddo who's regressed, like, is it harder for you to have heard your kids say, I love you and regress and never hear it again? Or like the fact that they've never said it. And the cool Mm -hmm. thing is like, we've had it where it does come back and you just watch like, even like that mom who had her breakdown slash breakthrough, she's like, I just pulled my baby into me and we just slept together. And like, even just her Facebook posts this past week have been like, she got it. She's here. She, she like got her, that humbling is just amazing. It's such a wonderful, like you, you just don't even understand it until you go through it. But yes, I'm so grateful for those humbling moments. Well, and this is what this show is all about, right? Like this, this is all about fiercely awakening. And I've said it before, and I don't know where this came from, but how we birth is how we change the earth, right? Like how we go mm-hmm. through the process, how we're bringing our kiddos in. And and now we're deepening this and we're saying it starts even before, before you even think about conceiving, this work begins in the way that we show up. I mean, I look back at when I was pregnant with Bryce and I was such a victim, like I, I was not this version of me. There was so much stress that I put on that child in utero, right? There was so much anger and blame and resentment and all these things. And now it's like, like, I can't take it back. I can't, I can, I have the tools now to help rewire this, to help change the story, to help do something. And thank gosh, because, because of all of that, I sought those tools, right? And now it's like, now we're at a place where like, let me even wake you up. Let me just even wake you up to the fact that this is where we're at. Like, that you need to be thinking of these things. Because they need to be on your right. radar. If they're not on your radar, then you just end up being victim to them, right? Like, it happened to you. But if it's happening for you, then let us help you. Like, I love how you have the, the roadmap. Because if we can change that... <laughs> We can change that relationship. Yeah, because if you're being a victim, you're just, you know, you're driving in circles. Yes. You have no idea where you're going, where you are. And it's just like, yep, this happened to me. And it's, we all have like those, you know, yes, we are a victim in our birth and whatnot. But I also think that I definitely brought that upon myself for sure. Um, and like you said, like we, I think we're programmed, especially like through high school and college. It's like, you don't show any vulnerability. You Mm -hmm. just act like all the time. Like I got my stuff together. Like I got the right clothes. My hair is cool. My nails look good. Like I just smile and I drank martinis and I'm awesome. I'm smart. Here's my degree. That's it. You don't like, you just have your wall built up and then our kids come through and say, (laughs) I'm knocking this whole thing down and we're starting from square one and how they rebuild us is the yes. most beautiful thing. Because, And I say all the time, like my four miscarriages broke my heart. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just such a broken person. I mean, if you would have told me, Melanie, if you take two teaspoons of dog poop every day, you'll have a baby. I'll be like, I'll take four. Like I, mm-hmm. I was just so ready for yes. my child to come through after having those losses and as, this, as soon as like, I mean, yes, my birth was so traumatic, but when I finally laid my eyes on him, I was like, oh, he's mine. And my heart was just completely put back together mm-hmm. at that point. So like, yes, it was shattered, but my heart was ugly before him. I think I think I felt like I had the right intentions and went to chiropractic school to help other people. 
but my life is completely different. I'm so grateful for him falling down the stairs and I see like all of those things, all of those. Yes, all of those things, right? Like that's, that's the thing. It's like the, the hardest thing for me is when we see something and the mama misses the message, right? Like I, I totally believe our kids are here to wake us, to shake us, to show us all the things that are not working on this planet. Right. And when we miss the message, I'm like, I just want to take a moment right now and make sure you got this message. Cause I think this is pretty important. It's coming through from your kiddo. Like, this is what he wants you to know, or this is what she wants you to know. Um, this, this isn't just because, right. Like, yeah, I mean, even with schooling right now, Sam's Sam's in kindergarten, and I never thought, I, I guess I didn't think too much about homeschooling, but I guess everybody kind of homeschooled without meaning to this yeah. year, and I love school. I had such a wonderful time in school. I met my husband in school. Like we, and like I said, he taught for the school system that we went to, and I am so grateful to actually homeschool him because I'm like, you wouldn't... I to be honest, I don't think he would thrive at all in public school. He's such a sensitive soul that, but he's so bright, but if he was around someone like he could hold his own, but I just feel like as far as like, he so wants to shine this light and is so loving and would just take one kid to just Mm -hmm. take that from him. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I have this weird extra protective thing with my son with my daughter, I feel like I could send her to kindergarten tomorrow and she's three, but she, she's yeah. just like, I got this mom. I'm out. She's so independent. And so, and my son is too, but I love like seeing, like he's showing us like we, my husband, we're not meant to just be at work 70 hours a week away from our kids. Instead it's yeah. like, okay, like I can run my business in a way that I can educate my son, that we can go on adventures. We can do whatever we need to do. Like, and I just remember like thinking like second grade, like, okay, I get it. Like we're doing math. Like you do the same thing for eight hours. I'm like, I got the concept five and a half hours ago. And I'm just sitting here still. I got so, I was so bored with school. And I mm-hmm. think that's why I'm such a self learner. Yeah. Because I would just get the concept. I got straight A's, but then I would just tune out. And then I would daydream and do whatever I needed to do because I was bored. So I actually love Mm -hmm. that even, I I don't want to say that I love COVID, but it was just like, it was one thing I didn't have to like fight for. Because it was just like, I'm not dealing with if he's in school or not this year. I have to run a business. I'm the one who will be taking him to and from school. So I'm buying a curriculum. I'm making it work. I'm not having a system take care of my child. I am taking care of my child. And it was very empowering because that wasn't even on my radar. So it was like something else that went, oh, I guess we're homeschooling now. Absolutely. I mean, like that was one of the things that I didn't ever want to send them to school. But then it just, I just couldn't figure out how I can make it work. Like, how could I actually make this work? And then with what happened this year, um, my mom, you know, she's been helping us out so much and he does so amazing in grandma school. (laughs) She helps Uh out so much and it's like, it's working. (laughs) It feels so good to me to like, to have the universe figure out the solution for us, right? Like it just happened. I didn't know how it was going to happen. It happened. We probably use the same curriculum. Um, And he's thriving. And so it's just, it's just funny how things work, but 
I know we've talked for an hour and six minutes. Somehow, some way, this time has just evaporated. So, is there any final thoughts? That you want to <laughs> I know, I know that you want our mamas to know. Anything else? I'm gonna link up your stuff. I mean, I think what you're doing is just brilliant and beautiful and so essential. I I truly think that we can just keep empowering moms if we're educating them and we we keep evolving by doing that. I was like, oh yes, breastfeeding for sure. If we get to breastfeeding, then we're preventing the perfect storm. And then I'm like, oh shucks, we gotta get to moms when they're like 17. <laughs> right? <laughs> We got to get to these women before they go to college. So even yeah. that's already evolving. So yeah. it, it is just education and empowerment. And what I wanted so bad at my finger fingertips will now be at these mama's fingertips and videos of just like, well, what do I need to know for this? And if not, then they like, especially with like the training we're doing with chiropractic and who I know with other lactation educators, like they can watch something and be like, do you have somebody? It's like, yeah, I do. So like, you can go have that personal um, attention as well, but it's not, like I said, like, I, I think it'd be so amazing if we took that control back from practitioners because moms are the best doctors. And we've already talked about this before. Like doctor literally means teacher. It's to teach how to be your own doctor. And you should only have to go to different practitioners if you can't figure out the problem yourself. And that's no big deal either. So it's it doesn't I, need to be so extreme by the time you get there. I, I love that you, like, I think this is a great place to end it. It's like we both got the call, we both answered it to bring forth to the world what we wish that we had. And what's interesting is neither one of us were thinking about I wish I had what you had, which I want, if I, you know what I mean? And then you're like, I want what you have too. It's like, it's like, even where we're at, it's like, I can like, yes, like the way that you're, the way that it's coming through to you to present to the world is so essential. And I want that too. And you see that in the stuff that's coming through time. It's like, I just love that. It's just like this beautiful web that's just formulated. It's so beautiful. Yes. And we have to keep evolving that too and get out of that scarcity mode. I do feel like there's so much with holistic practitioners, unfortunately, that we are coming from a place of lack, maybe from fear or whatnot, like being judged or ostracized and whatnot. So we're not really getting our message out because I mean, I can't tell you how many times I run an ad, you know, for my breastfeeding class, like, oh, she's a chiropractor, angry face. You're like, okay. So I can understand (laughs) that it's, but at the same time, like if there was a whole strip mall of um, just places to rent, there's like 10 places to rent in a strip mall. Like I would love if there yeah. were nine other chiropractors with me and I would high five them in the morning and yeah. high five them at night, bring in all yeah. the midwives, the doulas, because there's no shortage of women yeah. who are looking for this information. Like yeah. I would love to employ or be partners with like 30 other lactation consultants. Look at how many women have trouble breastfeeding but they can't find the help. Like enough with the scarcity mentality, put your vulnerability to the side and stop thinking that there's not going to be enough because I mean, I got my butt handed to me today at work and it was just like, it was a lot of energy to help moms who, and I love it, but I'm not going to sit here and go, Ooh, I'm making money with this. It's like, okay, I need to bring on the next mom. Like who am I going to, who else is going to help me enrich lives of others and stop like, cause that's a really, um, retracted, just very constricted place to be. 
And I feel like that's a lot of stuff with the emotions codes. I think we're just that fear based from our birth and everything. If we let that fear go, it's just expanding and evolving. And that's such a beautiful place to be with, with you. And then this femme group, because we are expanding and evolving and not coming from, because if I post something in your group, that's just ridiculous. There's always going to be a loving answer. It's not like other mom groups or something like, why are you so stupid? How do you not know this? Or they're terrible. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I think exactly. Like I, I tell people, there's been so many femmes that have come to me and said, I think I want to, I think I want to do what you do. Do you think I, I should do that? I'm like, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're somebody in the field of natural health, there is no reason except your own limiting beliefs if you're not fully booked because these their people need this work, they're craving this work, they want to grow, they want to evolve, and they just don't know where to go. And so unfortunately, a part of being this work is that you have to learn to put yourself out there. You have to learn to put your to put what you have out there because if you can't put it out there, then people don't know that you have something to offer. And the other thing is is like you and I could say the same exact thing. And a lot of things we do say the same exact thing. Like we speak the same language, right? We're speaking the same language and somebody could hear it from you and they could be like, Oh my gosh, like what she said. I'm like, I've been telling you that for 10 years. And they're like, but she said it in a way that That happened. That happened with Sarah. Yeah. I, Sarah had some perfect storm already. And she went and she went yeah. and she did the natural parenting conference with you. And she came back and she listened to Dr. Dustin's perfect storm. And she's telling me about it. And I was like, Sarah, um, and we laugh about it all the time, but it's so, but she saw the perfect storm. She goes, well, I didn't have a C-section. Right. Yeah. And so then she's like, but I just yeah. feel like it's stuck. And I was like, what I was putting there, I'm like, Sam's just stuck. And then it all connected. And it's, to me, it's so beautiful because when Sarah did her live, she was like, I knew what my choices were, but I think when we go to school for things and we're living that and we realize like moms who didn't go to school have the different convictions or they, they just don't know. They don't know. We still don't know what we don't know. So it's always like gauging like every new patient who comes in, I'm like, okay, where are you? Like how, how open can I, how much of my weirdness can I give to you today? Basically, like, where are you? What's your receptorship? <laughs> so femme is nice because you just feel like you can turn the volume all the way up with your weirdness and it's just accepted. Well, and that's what's so, I mean, this is femme's third year and this is the year where I was like, we're just going to bring it because I don't want to filter myself anymore. Like, I don't want to keep assuming that femmes aren't ready to hear hard things or hear cool things or hear really woo things because it all is on my table of what I'm thinking about. And I want you to think like I think, and even if it doesn't relate to you now, it might five years from now, and it's going to be so much easier for you to uptake that information. So that's the thing. It's like, and you, you don't know if information could honestly save a kid's life. Absolutely. A, a thousand percent. I mean, that's what last night we were supposed to have the difficult conversation about what's happening in the world. And I'm glad it didn't happen because it wasn't the right platform. But I'm like, I'm not going to hold back, right? Because we have some really messed up things happening right now and we need to protect our loved ones. So different conversation, different day. I'm not going to get kicked off the podcast platform for this conversation. But anyway, (laughs) okay. So we just added on another 14 minutes because that's what we do. We do not know how to hang up because we're like, and... (laughs) 
we were off each other. Like, yes, 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 yes. I know, I know. <laughs> so basically what she's saying, for those of you who are listening and who feel pulled to do something in the field of natural health, I want you to know there is a place for you here. There is a place for you here. There are people who need you. And that, if you know 10% more than somebody out there right now, like you have something to offer somebody. And if you have a story of pain and healing and things that you went through, your ultimate gift is sharing your story and what you learned. If we don't start extracting the lessons from the things that we experience and we're just setting ourselves up to repeat the pattern, the only way to free yourself from that is to learn the thing that you're supposed to learn. And the kiddos are here to help you do that. So, all right. You feel complete, Dr. Melanie. Do you feel good? Do you feel like anything else is on your heart that you want to just I say? I do. No, okay. I would love to have any mama who's expecting or thinking to come on into this breastfeeding class or reach out. It's don't hesitate. There's no, there's no weird, I don't know. There's no weird questions when it comes to all this stuff. Yeah. So I, we're going to have her link for this. Uh, I'm calling it a course, right? The course. Yep. Is it a course? Yeah. The yep, course. It's a course. I'm going to have the course dropped in below. Um, and again, I think this is something that even if it's like not something that you want to like, if you're just even thinking about getting pregnant, right? Like the whole point of this is this is the time to do this work, right? Like this is the time to be in this because what she's saying is when it comes to the time when you're in need, you're going to be an information overload and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I'm broken. Tell me what to do to fix me. And you want to already have the things and your mind, right, that, that is allowed to drop in because you brought it into your awareness. That is the beauty of this. It may never happen. You may never have to deal with it, but you may know a friend who does, and you'll have it there. The tip of your tongue, right there. Boom. Here you go. So powerful. Thank you so much. You are an incredible human, and I'm so grateful that Sarah, Sarah brought you into my world. We should give her. She needs a link in this podcast. <laughs> So thank you so much, Sarah, that I was at the conference that I met Dr. MacGyver. I mean, it's just really just an incredible, an incredible connection. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you're awesome. All right. So we'll go home to our kiddos now and pour ourselves a cup of tea. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Bye, woman. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you for tuning in today's episode. If you loved your time with me, please subscribe and leave me a review on iTunes so I can keep bringing you the good stuff. And then come say hello by joining me in our private Facebook group, Love Yourself Fiercely. Cheers to you for seeking truth and fiercely awakening.